Hello all you seekers, explorers and renegades out there. Welcome to another ex- episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. Authenticity will mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. Uh, but in terms of psychology, we can refer back to Jung, Carl Jung's uh, self or concept of self. And perhaps uh, more recently, we have uh, uh, Carl Rogers talking about the organismic self. And for those that are of a spiritual leaning, we'll probably refer to more as the soul aspect of self. What we all can all agree on is that beneath all the conditioning and programming that we layer on top of our authenticity throughout our life, in term, lives in terms of what we experience and what we learn about the external environment that we operate within, lies something that is beyond what we are currently at and we according to Carl Rogers you know we do spend our lives uh, seeking to get back to that organismic self or the authentic self and thus we go on a journey of exploration and and, uh, experiences. So what is the uh, authentic self and uh, how does one go about finding it? What's involved in the process of exploring the authentic selves? Well, let's uh, go ahead and find out from our discussion with our lovely discussion group. Enjoy. I've quoted a couple of times uh, from Roy T. Bennett's book, The Light in the Heart. And today I found a quote uh, that goes like this. The outer world is a reflection of the inner world. Other people's perception of you is a reflection of them. Your response to them is your awareness of you. So now... If our awareness of ourselves is a reflection of how other people see us, then it's not a reflection of our authenticity uh, in my world, Um, well, as far as I see it. So that your reaction will not be an authentic one uh, because you are responding from the place where uh, how other people see you. As promised, I... A lot of the things that I'm going to refer to today uh, in terms of the conceptualization comes from uh, Carl Rogers' uh, ideas about uh, the, the human experience, as it were. And for him, he talks about authenticity uh, would be comparable to the organismic self or the true self, right? And it's, it's kind of how we are born, before we start having uh, experiences. And to me, you're born when your consciousness enters the collection of cells uh, in the womb. So anything beyond that would be an experience, even if you don't remember it. And uh, as hypnotherapists, anybody would know that uh, a lot of the memories that we don't even remember that sit in the subconscious do show up and affect our lives. Uh, And that's, you know, what we do in hypnotherapy is we kind of delve back into that. And there are a lot of examples where you can uh, regress someone back all the the way back into uh, the womb and the the person can then describe the the actual birth. So if you have someone who has a uh, challenging birth, that then becomes part of the, uh, the person's experiences. Uh, even though very few people would consciously be able to remember that. So it's it's actually the authenticity that is at the very, very beginning of it, because everything beyond that then becomes experiences that uh, color how we perceive the world and how we act out in the world and however we uh, receive things or impressions uh, from the world. So when we're looking at... The, the human experience uh, from the point of authenticity, we it's like we're always trying to get back to that, to self-actualize. And that's the Maslow pyramid of uh, uh, needs, right? So you have self-actualization at the very top. So we start out, you know, securing all the basic needs, but the drive is always to self-actualize and come back to uh, the idea of uh, authenticity. Even if we're kind of sleepwalking through half, uh, through half our lives, um, at least I did in a way, 
until you start figuring out that, well, I don't feel like I'm whole. And that would be the incongruency that uh, Carl Rogers talks about. We, we, we're not all the aspects of ourselves, you know, looking at the ideal self, the organismic self, and the uh, self-concept. So the self-concept is how we see ourselves, right? And the organ, uh, organismic self being the authentic self and the ideal self is how we would like to be. Now, the how we would like to be might be different from the authentic self, but th- this is p- all part of the journey, right? It is really a journey, and it is trying to find that authenticity. So for me, in a way, my authenticity, I don't know it yet. You know, it is something I'm, it changes, and, you know, that organismic self, it changes as I become uh, more and more aware of aspects of myself that is that authentic self. So from one day to the next, I might feel, oh, now I feel it. And then I find something, uh, find out something new, right? But it's having that journey and exploration and continuing to seek out what is my authentic self. And that is the exploration and self-discovery, right? Thanks, Chris. That was a wonderful introduction. And I suppose you are very right with pretty much everything that you've said and you know that I usually agree with you <laughs> and <laughs> you can disagree with me it's perfectly all right and I, I know <laughs> you you know what we are disagreeing on and we we were talking about this multiple times but I suppose for me the concept of authenticity is actually and I I really appreciate what you just said about like you still don't know who you are and you know that's the journey that I'm still on as well like I don't know who I am if I sit in the meditation and I ask myself a question like who I am, I don't know. That's that's great. And I one of the things that's really kind of helped me to visualize that and that pursuit of authenticity is the Johari window. So the Johari window is basically like the rectangle or square divided into four different quadrants. And the first quadrant is like it's something about myself that is known to me and known to others. The second quadrant is known to me, but not known to others. So my deepest secrets. The third quadrant is not known to me, but known to others. So something like, you know, that I do not knowing, not knowingly. And the fourth one, which I believe it's the most exciting is not known to me and not known to others. And I suppose that's really exciting place to explore because it's like us almost as if having birth every day and exploring something. Oh wow, I didn't know about that about myself. That's exciting. Like you, it helps you be that childlike. And we often talk about in meditation that oh, you know, it's like taking every breath as the only one experience, observing the breath or observing the moment as the only one moment that exists now because there is no past, there is no future, there is only now. So we have to have developed that mechanism to be present. And I suppose to me that not knowing and being able to explore what the next moment brings and what that moment brings to me is that exploration. And that not, that, that, like ability to observe that every single breath, every single sensation is different to the previous one, to the next one. So yeah, and but at, at the same time, I can observe that there is a lot of people who really, you know, we are tribal animals. We like to identify, we like to stick the labels on our heads. We like to say that we left, we right, we vegetarian, we vegan, all of that. But if you can just look beyond those labels and say like, you know, actually, I don't care. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to breathe. Then it takes a lot of pressure of you. And at the same time, when it takes that pressure of you, you are less judgmental and you're more contented with your life. So I, I suppose rather than being authentic is just being on the quest to pursue authenticity. I would agree with that. Uh, I think there is a, a, a pinnacle of authenticity, but we won't actually know where that is until we actually reach it once we get there, right? The, the, uh, the Harry window that you're talking about, 
one thing we do have to be mindful of there is the, you know, what people know about us could actually be the people's perception of us. So it is that uh, uh, interjects, uh, for example, or on the uh, or the self concept as were, you know, uh, you may be told as a, a child that uh, you know mom will love you if you if you don't cry. So that tells you the only f- way for you to be loved is for you not for you not to show your emotions. Now that becomes uh, something that then shifts you away from your authentic self because you 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 are an emotional being, right? And expressing the, those emotions are the only healthy way to. Uh, to continue uh, forward in life but now you've shut down one aspect of that and now you are uh, in essence incongruent with yourself Uh, you're not in alignment with your authentic self Uh, if we're looking at uh, for example the notions of like boys don't cry so again it's not something anyone specifically tells you but it's it's kind of in society, and it's it's one of those things that is quote unquote known. So therefore, it, it then becomes part of your system, and you you again become you strive or you kind of veer away from your authentic self, right? So it's what well, Vision Bakiani talks about as uh, rules. Uh, and then it becomes our job as we go on this uh, journey of self discovery. To uncover these uh, rules and uh, interjections that we've uh, established through our uh, through our journey, and deprogram ourselves from those. So that process of self-discovery, to me, oftentimes is a process of uh, deprogramming or reprogramming to uh, allow that uh, authenticity to be revealed. And oftentimes, it is a bit of a uh, challenging route, a challenging journey, because it is scary to people around us to experience us as our authentic selves, because they've never seen it before, and they're not used to it. So it is one of, it is scary to ourselves as well, as <laughs> because people are going to react to us in that uh, respect and how we're showing up uh, within that new aspect of ourselves. Now, there might be aspects of that we we think we may have found that are our authentic selves. But then we try it out and we go, you know what? No, this doesn't feel right. doesn't resonate. And then you go back to where you were before and perhaps that feels right. So it's also, it's oftentimes a bit of a trial and error, uh, I feel, to uh, explore and and try things out. So does this work for me? Might work for a bit, but you know, I, uh, I know in, what was that? Three years ago, um, I stopped eating meat and because it felt right, but then it turned out I got fully ungrounded and I was just kind of up in the, <laughs> up in the sky. So I had to go, uh, I went back on meat and that then felt right. And then I stopped uh, eating meat again. Uh, you know, a year and a half ago. So it, it's, you try it out, you go away from it, you come back to it. It's trusting what is right for the moment. So your authentic self is always changing. Uh, your authentic self doesn't change, but your idea of authentic self is changing all the time as you are moving closer to the actual uh, pinnacle of it. So authenticity in, a, um, in psychology today has four different categories, and that's self-awareness, unbiased processing, behavior, and relational orientation, which requires openness and honesty. And I think that, as you said, the deprogramming is one of the most important things. It's almost like you unpack or you unlearn all of these different things. But for the most part, because many people really want to cling to the tribe and they want to cling to the people that basically are around them all the time, most of the time, the authenticity, like uncovering, will only go so far. So it's basically like I'll only take it so far until then. Basically, this group will, you know, accept me. But then if I go this far, then this group will not no longer be able to accept me as well. So I think that there's a certain courage that is required with authenticity that most people aren't ready to muster because it's in some ways too painful. 
And having been kicked out of many tribes because of the fact that I refused to conform, it's, it's not always the easiest path to go. But I think that there's a, when you are a person who really strives to be the most authentic version of yourself, almost like you will continue growing at no matter what. And I think that's the part about it too, is like you have to decide whether or not your life is something that you will continue to evolve and grow and build for the rest of your life as a work in progress and that the journey is the destination as opposed to the other way around or whether or not you again want to basically just take it to a certain level and then from there you just make yourself palatable to other people so again that's completely a choice but I see a lot of people do that and especially kind of in the personal growth industry we talked about that love light and how that kind of ends up being kind of almost crutch for people in the sense of where they're in love and light and they're doing all the beautiful things that are new agey and, and namaste and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But it's actually not really benefiting them in any way because it then becomes another new role to play that isn't really them. So that's, that's the part as well. That is, uh, that's the catch 22. There is that the courage that is needed to go on that journey. And yeah, it is, it is a catch 22 because when you, when you step into that, journey and exploration of finding your authentic self uh it is oftentimes well it starts out with the the aha sensation and the eureka moments and it's all wonderful but then you get into that the challenge of as you say being kicked out by the tribe and that can be very uncomfortable and very scary so a lot of times uh we will end up in a situation where we have to have that unconditional trust that the universe has our backs and that we are going to be okay that everything will be okay even if you know if we don't have that tribe then we have there's an energetic vacuum that allows us to attract a new tribe thank you very much yeah and actually i'm going through something like that in that very moment so i managed to travel to see my family that they haven't seen for quite a few years and I in the last few years I went through kind of radical change in like similar to you Chris stopped eating meat and stopped drinking alcohol which is kind of the big thing in my culture so I go to have that tribal meetings and you know I have completely kind of different set of values and it's I was really worried about that, like whether I'm going to have actually strength to um, hold my new, all the, you know, the, the version of authentic self like that I'm now in the new environment. And actually, I'm quite pleased to report that I have that strength and it's actually easier than I, I expected. But the reason why I think it's easier to expect it is because I come from compassionate place like i don't take anything personally i don't feel that my way of living not eating meat not drinking alcohol not doing anything like that is better or worse than any, anyone else i recognize that this is the consciousness that lives in my body and i experience emotions thoughts and everything that arise around me same as other people you know we have different sets of beliefs but it doesn't mean that my set of beliefs is in any shape or form better than others so i come from the kind of the compassionate place i meet that with compassion and actually i really i, I notice that i leave the compassion for a lot of people nearby and yeah it's just i was really scared of this but just coming from the with that like fully compassionate like compassion full on it's actually great spiritual training it's like zen training for me every day so i meditate like 24 7 now which it feels great well it's like i was uh writing to you earlier today it's uh going going back into one's original tribe once you've gone through something like that it's uh it's like a boot camp to uh, uh, experience how you how you react and how you show up, right? And um, like Barbie was talking about before, a lot of times I'll come to you in a second, Anna. Um, a lot of times when we don't work on those aspects of compassion and non-judgment and all of that, 
because we have entered into this new journey and discovering aspects of our authentic self, then we oftentimes show up and we want everybody else to do the same thing. We want everybody else to experience this wonderful new uh, things that we've discovered. And oftentimes they're not ready for it because otherwise they would be doing exactly the same thing. So then we, we kind of become these preachers and, and you end up being kind of antagonizing unnecessarily because you're not accepting anybody else's way of doing things, feeling that yours is the only way to do it. Um, so you, you bring up a very valid, valid point there, uh, Carol, that it's moving in to those kind of situations with compassion and acceptance for everybody else's journey and say, you know what, this is my journey. And if you don't agree with it, that's fine by me. Um, but I'm in total acceptance of your journey and that's fine by me. So if you don't accept mine, that's fine too, because that's part of your journey as well. Right. Hello, everyone. Uh, just because we are doing the positive intelligence uh, now, and I was thinking like when it first time happened to me that I was feeling like I'm different. Uh, and the, the with the food while you were speaking, just the fasting came up. I was like around 18 and I decided I will fast for 40 days because I'm orthodox. And then like... Uh, there was a friend, she told me like, but you know, it's not only the food, it's no cursing, no bad thoughts, nothing. Like you cannot get angry. You should be really in a control. And then like my whole family was, why we would do that to you? Like not eating food, not eating meat, not eating anything that is like just a vegan diet, even no bread and not bad thoughts. How you will survive for 40 days? And like really the critic sometime can crush us and like, like take us out of the journey and all these stuff that you shared are very, very valuable. So I wanted just to share that piece of my story also starts with that. <laughs> of course. Um, and it is that inner critic that will always derail us as we're moving into, because the inner critic has formed as a defense mechanism as we've taken on these programmings, as uh, as we, we strive or we kind of float further and further away from our authentic selves. Uh, we we take on more and more crit critics, right? We take on more and more, uh, you know, the judge within us becomes stronger and more powerful and so forth. So we had a question here in the uh, in the chat. Do you think that some people being the, uh, their authentic selves can actually not be a good choice for, of living if your life compass is, compass is a mess? I think we all, and... Oftentimes we end up in that situation and that's kind of the, the rock bottom situation where, where you start the journey, where you actually start asking these questions. Who, who am I? You know, what's my authentic selves? Uh, and we find ourselves in that, in that mess of, <laughs> because everything is then suddenly being revealed to you and it's all, you know, this just, uh, kind of ball of yarn that is in a complete mess and you're trying to figure it out, right? You're trying to figure, uh, unwind it and uh, find the uh, beginning and the end of the thread, right? I think sometimes, yes, as you're moving on this journey and you're going down that path, um, there are times when you need to rest and not push yourself to grow all the time. Uh, in my in my own experience, the, it's cyclical. So you have growth, rest and recovery, and integration. So you, you experience growth, and then you need to rest from that because it is a very challenging period as you go on this exploration and you discover new things about yourself and you start uh, experiencing your authentic selves uh, in, the, in your reality, then... That then you need to go in and uh, rest from that and just recover yourself mentally, energetically, physically, and so forth. Um, however, you practice uh, rest and recovery as well. Uh, but then you also then you go into a period where you integrate that aspect of yourself uh, into your uh, being because the, the growth that's when you get the knowledge, right? Uh, it's like you read a book. 
um, and you can conceptualize something and you, you intellectually know something, but to apply it into your life and actually allow you, you yourself to become that, that's a different matter. That's a matter of integration, right? And that, that then I usually describe it as going from knowledge to wisdom. Uh, so yeah, there are absolutely times when you need to just say, you know what, I'm going to take a break because <laughs> you need it. You know, you, you, if you're constantly on growth, uh, then it's not going to be a very happy existence um, because growth is often very challenging. So uh, the answer from my point of view, uh, the answer to your question is that uh, it's always a good ch- it's a good choice to always be on that path of questioning and uh, growing, but to take breaks intermittently. Does that make sense? And going back to what Carol was saying before, you know, when we, the only thing, and I, you guys have heard me say this many times before, that the only way that we are going to enact change in the world is to show up as role models in our lives. Because if we do that and we, we do that with compassion and acceptance, then people around us will look at us and people that especially are kind of ready to make changes to their own lives will look at us and say, hmm, I wonder what's happened to Carol. That's, that looks nice. I like some of that. And then they will go to come to you and they will start to interact and ask, hmm, what changes have you made in your life? So, okay, so you don't drink alcohol, you don't eat meat. Well, perhaps I should try some of that. And then start interacting, right? You know, Carl Rogers talks about uh, or the 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 core three core uh, foundations for um, for uh, uh, having being able to enact change within uh, yourself and others is to uh, have unconditional re- uh, positive regard for others uh, and be congruent within yourself and show empathy. Last week talked about uh, empathy. As you experience yourself and you experience your own authenticity, you will reveal also those aspects of yourself that you've hidden away. So going back to talking about core wounding, when you go on this journey of exploration, you uncover things that you have hidden away because they were too difficult to deal with at the time that you first experienced it. But you will then... As you search for your authenticity, you will uncover these things and they will come up and will seek to be acknowledged and experienced. And as you experience those, you then, uh, and I'm talking emotions here, when you experience those emotions, you then uh, build up your emotional intelligence, right? And as you do that, you then become more empathetic because your empathy, uh, empathy is where you you can feel the feeling of others. So it's not just feeling sad for someone else that are feeling something. You actually can feel, you can recognize the feeling that you're feeling and hold that feeling within yourself and and allow yourself to experience that too. If you don't know, if you don't have a range of emotions that you've experienced, then you're not going to be able to uh, hold that empathy, right? I think oftentimes the only feelings that we or the emotions we know are uh, happy, sad, and pissed off, right? So once we expand expand beyond that and we build up our emotional intelligence, we are able to hold empathy for, um, show empathy for others. Now, in order for us to feel safe in revealing our authenticity, is for others to practice the same thing. And that's why we, unfortunately, we end up oftentimes in a little bit of echo chambers because as we're, we're progressing, it's, it's very difficult to take that, um, have the challenge from the outsiders where, where people are challenging you on the new uh, or the author, uh, or, or your authenticity. And you're not quite sure about it because you just rediscovered it, right? Uh, and it's how we build that strength uh, 
to then stand up in stand within our own power and be our authentic selves i think one of the things with authenticity is the fact that it's always worth it so it's always worth it to be able to really do that deep dive in yourself to be able to figure out who you are authentically and ultimately being around other people that are willing to be able to show up as their authentic selves too you'll find each other and then you'll be able to help each other grow and help each other build and everything else like that so i think that's the part about where even though it does take courage finding other people that end up hitting their upper limits or their edges as they call them then you basically work through those also together in the sense of where when you're that person that's really striving to be authentic and you're with other people that are doing the same then you all kind of like do your own work in the sense of where as you were saying from day to day you're not quite sure exactly who you know that version of christopher is but by the same token it's still having other people to bounce that off who are not echo chambers for you but are also going to tell you the truth that's probably one of the biggest gifts that we can give to ourselves is basically having that opportunity because even like this particular podcast yes a lot of us are very much like-minded but this podcast is interesting and it's invigorating because it's not an echo chamber and we do push back on each other's opinions in the sense of where it's like well i don't agree with that or why don't you justify why you believe this so that somebody can update their opinion so a lot of that a lot of authenticity is updating who you are in the moment. And if you have people, again, that can grow and build with you at the same time, then you have the opportunity to be able to continue stretching into that authentic self because you're not around people who are holding you back from finding that authentic version of yourself. That's the most important thing too, is that you don't have people that are going to hold you back like, oh, no, 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 please, please stay in, uh, I don't know, please stay in South Carolina because that's where I am. And I don't want you to go anywhere. And if you travel, then it's like, I'm never going to see you again. It's like, well, that's the risk that you take, unfortunately. So you give people the permission again, to be able to do what they need to do, but also within the perspective of communication of this is my upper limit and this is where I'm struggling. But then you also have to ask for help because that's the other part too. It's like, you can be authentic within yourself, but then sometimes it's also good to check in with other people to find out what their opinion is about what you're doing, because they also might call you out and tell you, yeah, you know, that really doesn't feel authentic to you. And if you, you sit there and look at that and you say, okay, well, why not? And then if you realize again, then you kind of try it on something different. So I know I'm the queen of trying on different personas and things like that, shape-shifting, because I find it really fun. But once I've tried on a particular persona and I ask myself, is this authentically me? Nope. Don't need to don't need to do it again. But if it's something that I feel does resonate with me, I will definitely repeat it again because it 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 is part of the authentic version. And we have so many players and characters that are within ourselves. And unfortunately, we, as you said, happy, sad, and pissed off. I think that's the same thing too. Like what, what Carol was saying, it's like we have the public face and the private face, and those are the two faces that people wear oftentimes. But you have so many more faces. You just haven't let any of them come out to play. And your authentic play, your authentic self is asking you to bring those new versions of yourself to be able to try those on and to be able to come out and play. And I absolutely, I think the also in in addition to that, it's it's being open to the changes that are happening. So if you try something on and it doesn't work, it doesn't mean that it's never going to work. It might just not be right for that very time. And that, you know, we have uh, the the courage to say, okay, well, it's not working right now. So we'll just put it aside and perhaps revisit it later. And perhaps you do, perhaps you don't, right? Thanks, Christopher. Um, thank you very much, Barbie. It was a very interesting point that you, you brought. But um, what I like is uh, get back to what you were talking, Christopher, before about the Rogers free core conditions, unconditional positive regard and empathy and act and, and congruence. Because I feel that on that journey of finding the authentic self, that's the conditions that are essential. Um, and I kind of grew to realize how essential they are because intellectually, if you're going through that growth, you are changing. And sometimes as you, Christopher pointed out, the, the period of growth is going to be so intensive that you actually feel that you are changing on a daily basis. You are a different person today than you were the person, you know, yesterday. And actually that's kind of fact because every conversation somehow changes, like, you know, it's, it's is the imprint in your brain it, it changes you physically and and spiritually and 
when you look at your past and the decisions that you make in the past, sometimes you might feel like, oh God, like how the hell I've done it. And it might not be even like distance past. It can be something that you have done a few months ago. And then if you, if your guiding principle is that unconditional positive regard, that, that the compassion, being empathetic and really accepting of everything that as it is, as you perceive it, then you've got that guiding principle. So even if you're intellectually making decisions and the intellectual landscape is changing as you grow, then if the unconditional positive regard is your signing signpost, is your like guiding philosophy, then you're not going to regret your decisions really, because you know that everything that you are doing, you are doing it for betterment of everyone in your proximity you are doing it for really good underpinning reason underlying reason so it's just that you know and that, that karma gets back if he if you're gonna use a little bit of buddhist buddhist philosophy so if you don't do harm and if you if you are really working to to enhance everyone's you know existence on this planet and yeah if i think it's actually not only the people that are in your vicinity but you if you show up as the best version of yourself you progressing towards that pinnacle of authenticity um, and you do your best every day, then you are feeding in that energy into the uh, collective consciousness. So you are actually doing that for humanity as a whole. Uh, it becomes the ripple effect, right? So if you affect people within your vicinity, it ripples out from that because they will then go out and uh, engage with other communities and other tribes and will bring that with them into uh, the, those situations. Um, so Barbie was uh, mentioning before the talking about the um, uh, challenging about the, you know, oh, this is, um, you know, is this really authentic self? And we have that internal versus the external locus of evaluation as well. When we sit down and meditate, for example, when we are deep in uh, pondering our uh, authenticity, we, we dive deep in, within ourselves to uh, do that uh, internal evaluation. So, so we look at ourselves uh, from the inside, right? As opposed to a lot of times... Uh, before at least i would look at the outside and see how do other people see me right at the end of the day it's the uh, it's always got to be how you see yourself and how you project yourself into the the uh, people or uh, how you pro project yourself into your own reality uh, as to as opposed to how do others see me right and a lot of times it's the challenging bit is not when you move away physically from your tribe, because then you can actually show up in the, in the new location, however you feel is authentically you. It's when you actually stay in the locale of where your original tribe is and you're changing within that and you are discovering your authentic self within that. I, I feel that's probably now I've moved away in 94. Uh, so <laughs> I haven't done this journey with my original tribe, as it were, uh, not geographically in a way. Uh, so I can, I suppose, in uh, a lot of things, I can do it in, in peace and do it at my own pace, as it were. But I would imagine it's it's quite challenging to be where you started out and make those changes in that uh, in that uh, tribe as word look uh, in the geographically in the original tribe uh, because you are constantly being challenged from that perspective oh are you really going to be doing that is that really you well that's not the person I remember and you are always challenged and you you have those uh, critics within yourself say well Perhaps this this doesn't feel really safe. So it does take uh, a certain level of uh, self power to stay within stay the course within in that um, within that geographical location that you started out in uh, when you are uh, journeying to discover your authentic self, right? 
with intuitive life coaching and things like that. And I know that you and I do sessions together for people, but unfortunately for a lot of people, as you were talking about, when you have the original tribe and you want to change that kind of a philosophy, uh, I just saw a whole TV programming about someone who hired a shaman and they were in a traditional religious community and the people thought that that was really weird. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of depending on, on where you are in the world and how people feel about certain things. But unfortunately, I think that when we coach people, a lot of times what ends up happening is that the person that is growing, let's say in a spouse relationship. So you've got a marriage and you've got one spouse that's growing and changing and doing all these other things. The reality is that almost probably 90% out of a hundred percent, if the other spouse is not willing to change at all, that person's going to evolve to the point of where they're no longer recognizable to the other person and they're no longer going to be able to stay together. So I think for a lot of people, the step into the, the breaking up the status quo is very, very scary because the reality is that most people will end up knowing that that's going to be the case. So that's the part too. I think that it's really, really an important thing that you pick people again. And I think I've said this before that you're building and growing with too, and that you're hitting the upper edges and you're having these conversations about, okay, I'm at my limit and I know that I'm being triggered at this place. And can you help me to be able to support me in this particular place? Because from there you can grow and continue to become the person that you're meant to be. But the other person is never limiting you. They're never, ever telling you how you're supposed to be or how you're supposed to feel. You're allowing that person to completely evolve into the authentic person that you are. So I think that's, that's something too. I think that is a, a new paradigm shift in the world in regards to conscious, either, you know, partnership in, in tribes and other things like that, of where I know we just came off a year of, you know, people who literally just didn't hold each other back of just, you know, go as fast as you want to and be the, the best version of yourself that you can be. But that's a very rare thing because people do get into competition. There's all sorts of jealousy. There's all sorts of, you know, snide things of where people manipulate back and forth. But I think that unfortunately for a lot of people, that authentic self journey is, as you said, it's oftentimes means that they're going to have to uproot themselves from where they were before. But then when they find themselves in a group of people or in a, in a partnership of people that understand them and the authentic version of themselves, I think there's such a self-satisfaction that comes from that because ultimately it's almost like if you stay there on in that old tribe that wants to limit you and keep you the old version that you used to be before, it's almost like you're a, a tomato that rots on the vine. You just basically just kind of expire living a life of quiet desperation, as I think that Oscar Wilde used to speak about. So that's something to me in the sense of where if, if people want to do that and they want to be in the status quo and they feel like they don't want to rock the boat, there's no shame in that game either. You know, people have got to do what they want to do. But this kind of this kind of a path, finding your authentic self, it absolutely does take courage. And if you look at Lord of the Rings with Tolkien and other things like that, you've got the heroic quest where there's a reason, there's a problem, you need to solve it. And in some ways, it's it's not finding a ring. It's finding the, the true self that you actually want to manifest. And once you find that true self, I feel like also the, the reflection of people that are around you is going to be so much better because you start to see that the old version, when you're with the original tribe, those people are never going to ever allow you to be able to get past a particular level. Because as you said, they automatically see you as like, you know, oh, aren't you the kid that pranked kids at 12 years old or you shot off bottle rockets or you know, aren't you the kid that got in trouble with juvenile detention? I mean, there's so many labels and that's something too, that even when we talk about trauma, I don't, I don't lead in with my trauma and people, I know that when you do that, it's like, oh, this person had this horrific experience, et cetera. And then their name is after the fact, well, then you re-traumatize the person over and over again. So instead stepping into the authentic self means that you're kind of shedding all those layers and stepping into this beautiful golden avatar. You're stepping into this beautiful version of yourself that you've always known was going to be there, but it's a lot of work and it's a lot of soul searching. But again, I still have to come back to the fact that I believe that it's worth it. Totally agree with that. Uh, however challenging it is at the time, we can always know that on the other side of that challenge um, is a solution and, and is that a better version that we can uh, uh, enjoy uh, when we get past it. So, um, no, and I, I think, yes, it is that challenge. And and you can look at people that stay in those communities that if they find that authentic power, they can certainly become a change maker in that community. Um, and there are plenty of examples of that. But I think they, they are 
unfortunately unique rarities um and uh it'd be wonderful to see more more of those but some you know sometimes you got to move away from it and then come back to it uh and having found the power uh your own power your uh and stepping into that golden avatar as you said barbie um then you can come back because you know exactly who you are and that's that's the biggest challenge i feel is that as as you're trying to discover your authentic self you don't know who you are uh, you're trying to rediscover who you actually are who you were originally um and that's that's the biggest challenge i feel because before you feel established in that and you have actually embodied that you are uh, quite vulnerable to those naysayers and the people that uh, you know feel that you are going off the rails or whatever it may be and you might actually stop believing them because it is you are in that challenged position you don't actually know where your boundaries are you don't know what your golden avatar is and so forth right well in in my case in my experience my most authentic self i believe is that awareness of not knowing right that moment when i say wow what is this right that that exact moment is my most authentic self mm-hmm. right and it's scary at, at some points right but i do believe as you said uh at the beginning christopher about that pinnacle right i know that it is there but my that the experience of authentic self for me is that moment of not knowing and discovering and and that gives me a sort of also of you know i don't know how to explain it but um part of compassion and part of you know uh, what you have been talking about uh that calms me down of not knowing who i am or what is my authentic self but i also believe that there is a responsibility in um having this coherence of not only that that i don't know but also that recollection of ideas that i that i have gathered together that i have put into me right or i have received or i have adopted or i believe right and that coherence with those ideas with what i don't know uh um with my actions so that that is my my journey thank you jesse that's uh very well put and yeah it's that unknown that you you're swimming around and you you really don't what's don't know what's ahead but as you say that's part of the the excitement of it because you take all you look at all the limitations that you've uh, put on yourself or that you've programmed yourself with and you say okay well if i have all these limitations what are the possibilities that i'm yet to discover right and that makes it so exciting i think and and then if people don't agree with your choices and agree with the the journey that you on i always go back to well that that's not my journey that's not part of uh, i don't need to take that on it's their choice to say you know what i accept you unconditionally or you know what i don't agree with the, what you're doing so i'm going to we, we're going to split split roads here right and barbie always uh, says that, that uh, you know people are with you for a recent season or lifetime right and and that's okay and it's being okay with that uh, impermanence um, that experiences have impermanent as aspects around them otherwise we wouldn't be able to have the experience we have to have something in there to reflect back to us uh, to experience ourselves uh, if we didn't have that in the experience it would be just us and the, the, the there wouldn't actually be an experience um, and that all serves 
to allow us to discover our authentic selves. What is our authenticity? And I don't actually know if there is a pinnacle. You know, that's <laughs> it, it's. I suppose as a human being, that's uh, because we have this time construct. That's kind of where I default. That yes, there is you know the aspect of myself that is that pure authenticity i don't know if that exists but it's a journey of discovering that that is the that's like i don't i don't think enlightenment for example or self-actualization is a point i don't think it is like oh here we go now i'm self-actualized now i'm done i'm I'm out of here. See you later. I don't think that. I think it's the journey in itself that is the self-actualization. It's the journey that, and it's, you know, it, it could be a journey without an end because every time you discover something new about yourself, it opens up another 10 things to discover about yourself. And perhaps some of those changes back and go back and forth. So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, but it's, continuing to drive towards uh, finding the or optimizing ourselves or find uh, you know becoming the best version of ourselves constantly striving to do that and questioning our own motives so if i do something or i, I respond to someone okay what, what was my motive in doing that did that reflect to my authentic selves was that part of my authenticity? Was that part of something, some aspect of myself that had a belief system? Um, you know, was that part of envy or, uh, you know, arrogance or whatever it may be? Or was that, did that come from a place of compassion? So now my answer today might be different as opposed to tomorrow, because tomorrow I'm going to have done a bunch of new things. So I, I question that motive again, and I go, hmm, actually, yeah, that, that was out of jealousy, wasn't it? And then I can start building up from that. And you, so it's, it is that asking, you know, when you ask that question, it's that starts the journey of finding. So you, you ask that first question, and you find an answer to that that then gives you another hundred questions. Uh, oh, if it's like this, well, does that mean this and this and this? It's not invalid as well, right? And then you're, you're off, on, off to the races, as it were, right? It is that part of not knowing that keeps us dri uh, driving. Uh, it's, if we already had all the answers, what, be, what would be the excitement? What would be the point? <laughs> if we could all say, okay, well, I know exactly what's going to happen for the rest of my life, then what the heck would be the excitement in that, right? Then what's the point of watching the movie if I know the, uh, the, uh, the whole ending and the whole plot and the ending, right? So I suppose this is the metaphor that kind of, if I'm just going to echo what you just said, Christopher, but um, it's the metaphor that it really resonates with me. And if, uh, I like comparing the spiritual growth or finding the authentic self with physical journey. So if you are going to the gym and, you know, you are the bodybuilder, there is there is no the kind of the pinnacle of your body shape. There is always something that you can do. Like there is that muscle that you can develop. And there is this exactly the same thing with the growth of our spiritual muscles and uh the, 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 and the enlightenment so there's always something else to do so you can go to the very advanced stage and maybe people who are not in that place to be able to recognize that journey they might not be able to fully appreciate where you are at but you know uh there is always some, some something else to do and this again, I really like another metaphor that I really like is the metaphor of shower. That you know, in order to keep your body fresh, you need to have shower on a daily basis, and the same is with kind of meditation. So you need to keep intact how 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 you feel, how you are progressing, how 
how your growth is affecting you to make sure that you've got that personal hygiene and spiritual hygiene on a daily basis, just not just to keep yourself sane. Yeah, I think if you don't do that, then you end up with all that uh, noise in your energy and your head uh, with all the voices trying to keep you back in the old version of yourself as opposed to if you sit down and you allow allow yourself to empty your energy and clear your energy, clear your mind and be in that stillness, you can then go out and see the world from a point of compassion and acceptance. And once you do that, then you see things from with different eyes. We experience ourselves in the reflection of others. So uh, in that, then I can, if I can keep my energy clear and keep my mind at, uh, in stillness and I observe my experiences, then I can be observant how I am reflecting myself, uh, reflecting back on myself as I'm showing up in life. And that can then give you clues to that authenticity, right? So it's constantly compassion and acceptance. I mean, if you nothing else if you show up with those two on a daily basis then i think you're doing quite well <laughs> um, and you you are able to then bring uh bring those those lessons to yourself in a much more valuable way because whenever you show up in an experience you're not there to learn about others you're there to learn about yourself you're there to learn about how you react to the experience that you're in it's not about you learning about your external experience or external environment that you know that dude i can't trust him or yeah that one i'm not going to hang out with that one anymore it's not about learning about that it's how did you respond to that person being a jerk or that person betraying you how did you respond to that how are you writing a victim story or a hero story What's your you know how 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 would your authentic self um, respond to that? You know, what, what like Barbie says, what would love do, right? So it all depends on uh, your authentic self. So, and as a final thought on authenticity, I believe that authenticity has a personality. A lot of people would say, well, authenticity that is love or compassion, whatever it is. But I think that authenticity has a personality. So some people might be more uh, confrontational than others. And for them, it might be showing up to be confrontational in a compassionate way, learning to do that. But that it actually has a personality because I believe the authentic self is the sole aspect of ourselves. And it is our job to bring that soul aspect into the uh, into a physical expression, and that you know is a gradual thing, and that it is rediscovering who that is, what is that aspect. But that's why I believe in the way. So, if it resonates with you, great. If it doesn't, just leave it. <laughs> Well, thank you everybody for joining in and showing up today. So to intellectualize the organi- or the authentic selves and uh, uh, intellectualizing the process of uh, rediscovering your authentic self is not so difficult in itself, but rather the process and where where to start and how we go about it, and when we're actually in the thick of the process of. Uh, rediscovering ourselves or our authentic selves that's where we we really need to trust that we know how to work through and heal uh, our original wounding and so forth in order to uh, peel back the layers of the onion as it were and it is really that process of when we ask ourselves who am i and we sincerely want to receive an answer to that question and we start understanding how we actually show up in life rather than how wondering how we we are perceived by others we start looking at what's the aspect of myself that i project out into my own experience 
and we can then start looking at uh, whether that is an aspect that we actually want to project out. And if it's not, how do we go about changing that? So these are some of the topics that we certainly work with at uh, the Alchemy Experience uh, uh, coaching workshops. So if you're interested in pursuing these questions uh, more in terms of your own experience, please do uh, pop by uh, thealchemyexperience.co.uk and uh, book a 30-minute free consultation. Also, if you're interested in uh, doing some work on your core wounds and your energy blockages, we have the uh, uh, Infinity Life that you can uh, learn a process and a, a tools and practices to start uh, uncovering and relieving and clearing out your core woundings and your uh, energy blockages. And you will find more information about the Infinity Life at the Infinity dot live check it out and see what the course offerings are you certainly have an exciting journey ahead and i hope you will enjoy it and uh, perceive it for what it is uh, even if you end up having hardships uh, you know it's all within our perception i hope to, uh, that you enjoyed this podcast and that you will uh, come back and listen to other ones and i i will see you next week take care now bye